When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business. Greetings of the day, my fellow listeners, and welcome to another edition of Building Better Businesses. I am your host, Steve Eschbach. I am the president of Transworld Business Advisors here in Naperville, Illinois. I'm one of eight Chicagoland uh, Transworld owners here in the uh, upper Midwest uh, Illinois section of town, so to speak. I'm also one of about 250 that are scattered throughout the globe. We are an international and global business brokerage firm. We assist owners competently sell their businesses and match them up to qualified buyers. But that's not all we do. We also help uh, assist uh, business owners strategically expand. So if you want to expand via acquisition, we can help you with that. Uh, If you're a business owner and you do not have a franchise or you're not a franchise, we can help you develop a franchise to expand via that route. And of course, we sell franchises to uh, any and all people that are willing to get into the entrepreneurial world with the support of an established name in the world. So With that, that's my opening remarks. I'm delighted today to have with me uh, Suzanne Evans. She's the founder of Driven Inc. And I am most uh, impressed with the first line of what I read in your little one-sheeter here. It says, Suzanne Evans went from secretary to a $7 million business in record time. We're going to talk more about that in a moment. But first of all, welcome to the program, Suzanne. Thanks for joining. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Great. All right. We're going to learn a little bit more about Driven Inc., but uh, why don't you give me a high-level overview of uh, who it is you are today, what Driven Inc. is all about, and then we'll go to town with some of the other stuff I have planned for you. Uh, I really only have one job these days. I have a five-year-old, so trying, oh to, civil- trying to civilize a five-year-old. That's, that's what I do 24 hours a day, and I don't care what anybody says. Um, I always said business is the, the master class in personal development, right? Building a business. No, having a five-year-old is a master class in personal so, Let me ask you a question. Has your five-year-old set up a lemonade stand yet? No, he is less of entrepreneurial and more like he's probably going to lead a sales division or either be a major, major negotiator of some type. Um, we had a year and a half ago, his preschool teachers, there's three of them, they pulled me to the side and I went, oh no, where is this going? And they said, we, we just need to let you know, like, 
he's so certain that he gets us confused. And then we have to meet and say, what did we say to him? Did you say that to him? Is he allowed to do that? And I said, that's my sales kid. There you go, right? Sales 101. But anyway, so yes, I do a lot of uh, five-year-old momming, but I have a business name uh, called Driven Inc. I was a secretary. I started a business as a side hustle on nights and weekends and grew that business over a, in the first year to six figures while still working a 60-hour week day job. And oh, then wow. and a couple of years after that, grew it to a million-dollar business and now have the business that I have today, which has been on the Inc. 500, 5,000 for five straight years, which puts us on the honor roll of fastest growing companies in America. I landed a New York Times bestselling book called The Way You Do Anything is the Way You Do Everything. And we this is our 12th year in business. And so it really started as a nights and weekends side hustle and grew into an Inc. 500 company um, through a lot of hard work, a lot of strategy. And I always say a little bit of luck never hurt anybody too. Yeah, sometimes being in the right place at the right time or kind of taking the left fork when you should have taken the right fork come, sometimes comes and helps you out. Yes. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But now I have to put you in the shoes of your five-year-old. And yeah. the reason why I say it that way is I'm going to say, so tell me a little bit about your childhood. Where were you born and raised? Tell me about your family influence, about where you are today. If mom or dad had a particular insight into where you are today, maybe they had a suggestion you followed, maybe they had a an example to follow. Just tell me a little bit about your upbringing and how well, you got this to is, where you are today. This is so awesome that you're asking me this because I was having a deep conversation with myself driving around today about this because I'm doing a Facebook Live tomorrow training with a bunch of my my community. And in the name of the training is everybody needs somebody in their life that makes them cry. And what I mean by that is, is that I had a young woman who was just doing some little part-time work with my son, you know, babysitting, nannying, whatever you want to call it. And she would just not respond to text and emails. And she wouldn't, and I would say, she was like, I'm going to quit my job at David's Bridal because I want to do just this. And her communication was horrible. So we had to sit her down and we have to say, you know, you didn't communicate with us for nine straight days. So we didn't think you wanted to do this. So we'll use you when you can as a babysitter, but there's not really anything long-term that we can, we can have for you. And so she sent us an email the day after that, that said she was resigning effective immediately. And we said, but what are you resigning from? We're like, there's, you didn't have a child. And I'm sharing this story with you and laughing because I started thinking about myself at 21 years old. And I recognized that I was much more professionally mature than most people. I have a sister that's 12 years younger than I am, who's now actually the CEO of my company. She was always much more professionally mature than her counterparts. And I thought, why is that? And it was because of my parents. And it was because of my parents, because my parents had this hard and fast uh, approach to commitment. And I think commitment is what builds businesses. I don't think ideas build businesses. I don't think, um, I think some hustle does. I don't think it's ideas. I don't think it's intelligence. I don't think it's experience. I think it's commitment. And we were just put in a position at a very young age that you finish what you start. And, you know, we're living in a world now where there's so many self-help gurus and there's so many books out there you read that says it's, you should say no more, right? Say no more and put a line in the sand for your personal boundaries and, and taking care of yourself. And it is ruined 
this country. It has literally ruined this country. A lot of times you need to say yes to something and keep saying yes to figure out why you should have said no. And right when you make a bad decision, it's not somebody else's fault. Right. And so for me, I, I'm a seventh generation farmer's daughter. Um, my dad was a seventh generation farmer from North Carolina, um, the original entrepreneur, I like to say, farmers. Absolutely. And, you know, if you know anything about farming, you never sleep. Uh, especially in the time that my dad farmed, right? I mean, irrigation systems used to be moved by hand. You know, tobacco was cropped by hand. You know, it's a lot of physical labor and it's the riskiest business you can be in. My dad used to always say to me, nothing is riskier. He goes, you'd be better off being a professional blackjack player because it doesn't involve the weather. (laughs) Right? And so, you know, there's this high risk and yet, when my dad was telling me that when I was about 11 years old, I said, but dad, I said, then why do you do this? And he said, because I love watching things grow. And I think that's the spirit I got from being an entrepreneur, but this commitment that my parents had, my mom was a, an incredible basketball player and she went on to be a, a really amazing basketball coach. You know, had it been fast forward 40 years, she probably would have played in the WNBA. She was that, that good. And she was my basketball coach in junior high, which I would never recommend to anyone. Um, your coach. But, you know, we were playing in the state championship game and I rolled my ankle and I come off the sidelines and I'm like, mom, I think you got to take me out. And uh, she said, what happened? I said, I rolled my ankle and we've got two minutes left in the game. And I think you got to take me out. She goes, what's the rules for being on the court in a game when you have to come out? And I said, if you're bleeding, you have to come off the court. And she said, when you roll an ankle, does it make you bleed? And I said, no. And she said, win the game. And I've told that story many times over the years. And I've even had parents come up and go, I can't believe your mother said that to you. And oh my gosh. And then of course I've had tons of people go, wow, right? To instead, my mother and father taught me something that I'm telling you, I see so few people taught these days. They taught me to value winning. We're now taught to value the journey, which I think that is important as well. We're taught to value the experience. And my parents said, you can value the experience and still win. And that doesn't mean you're going to win every time. And so when you lose, you better figure out how to be a damn good loser. And you better learn you know, how to figure out to learn from it and grow from it and move on. But they said, there's nothing wrong with learning to win. There's nothing wrong with wanting to win. There's nothing wrong with being consistent at winning. And so for me and for my five-year-old, I'm like, if you're going to do this, let's win it. If we're going to do this, let's try to be the best at it. If we're going to do this, we're not going to stop doing it. And you'll get to a point where the commitment you've made is over and you can either recommit or you can move to something else. I'm sorry, Steve, I'm going to shut up. I literally could have this conversation for five hours because it is my favorite topic of how we instill the value of winning in children and how not doing it, I think in many ways has messed up an entire generation. No, I hear you. I hear you. So that means I'm going to have to have you 15 more times because they only have 20 <laughs> minutes per spot. So okay. <laughs> one thing that's clearly evident, Suzanne, I can tell you is that you've got a passion for what it is you believe in and what it is you do. So 
to your credit. I mean, if that doesn't come out and the people you meet, I don't know what can and possibly does. But you're so right. Uh, you have to have a passion and a commitment to to getting to the finish line. And that's more than half the battle. You'll probably say it's 90 percent of the battle. But let's go back a little bit. I have one yeah. question to ask you before we go into Driven, yeah. your book and some of the other items I have on my little cheat sheet here. So you were a secretary. I'm going to say that that probably was a corporate job. Is that right? Semi-corporate. It was in the Broadway theater industry. So the Broadway theater industry is a corporate industry. They gave me a title at one point that was assistant producer, which was a fancy word for secretary. But yes, it was in the corporate entertainment industry. So what was the telltale sign that said, you know what, this is too corporate for me. I got to be entrepreneur. I got to go out and help people differently. What was the item? What was the bright star or the light bulb that went off that said, I got to go down a different path? What was that? Math. Math. Uh, Yeah. I sat one day and I owed a bunch of bills. If anybody does anything about entertainment industries, you don't make anything, right? You know, uh, lots of people want to get into the industry. And I was making $45,000 a year living in New York City. And I sat down to look at my expenses and what I owed and the debt I had. and, And I went, even if I got more than a normal raise, right? If I work my butt off and like, I really get rewarded financially every year to come this company or another company. It's like, it's going to take me 20 years to pay off all my debt. And I am still, I don't have any financial freedom. And I remember thinking, how do people get funding? I mean, this is a real conversation. I was 31 years old, 30-ish, 30, 31 years old when I started my business. And I thought, how do people do that? How do you get? And I was like, oh, I guess they work for myself. And I started thinking about my mom and dad who, my mom had been a teacher. She had been a coach, but they also owned a florist and they owned a hardware store and they had a farm. And so I went, I guess that's how they do it. And then I started thinking about the fact that my mom kind of always went wherever she wanted to go. And my dad went wherever he went. And so this idea of freedom, not from a cheesy, I want to work on the beach way, but a, oh, at some point I have to take responsibility for my life if I want to be able to make every decision in my life. And it really was this strange moment of pen and paper working on my debt and the bills I had to pay and recognizing like, you got to figure out how to create your own schedule and create your own financial schedule. And so I started to brainstorm how I could do that. You know, I think a lot of people think that you're laying in bed one night and you're like, I'm called to be this, or I'm called to sell widgets, or I'm called. I think that's not how most businesses get built. I think most businesses get built either by accident, like you fall into something and then you continue to build it, or you go, damn. I need to figure out something I can do so that I'm not beholden to somebody else to make all my life decisions. Absolutely. So many times I ask my guests, so what did you think you wanted to be when you were five years old, kind of like your son's age, pedaling your tricycle on the local street where you grew up? How many people have said, I want to be A, and they turn out to be triple Z or something like that. It's like when I was young, I wanted to be a major league baseball player. Well, I'm not. And I never thought I'd be a business broker, but I am. And I think that's probably the same with you. You never thought you'd be running a group or a company called Driven. So now you got to tell me the specifics. What does Driven do? What is that company that you have now run for a number of years? What do they do to help businesses become better? 
Well, we're a business coaching and consulting company to a very specific market. So our market are solopreneurs or small business owners who are under 10 employees, and they typically are service-based. So they are a chiropractor, they're a consultant, they're a coach of some sort, they're a nutritionist. Um, And a lot of times it is, they are marketing it, they are selling it, and they are fulfilling on it. And so that's kind of our little niche of the world. And we do everything from putting people through our Driven Business School year-long program, which is really a MBA for solopreneurs and small business owners to having specific sales trainings to, we train a lot of speakers. We train uh, how to use speaking in your business to grow any type of business from a franchise to a, to a solopreneur business. So we have a few divisions, but at the end of the day, we're helping small business owners and solopreneurs who really have a service that creates an impact in the world get more clients, make more money, and therefore be able to have a larger impact. So it's interesting because I do come across quite a few solopreneurs. And uh, uh, mm-hmm. what is that when you meet with a solopreneur and you're going to help them? Because one of your topics here is how to stop starting and finally making money and how to be seen in the noisy marketing world. That becomes very difficult for solopreneurs. Is there any common theme that emerges with most of the clients that you meet? And again, I'm not going to call them mistakes because we do our best to be as successful as we can be. But there are some learning experiences that are tend to be common with solopreneurs. What would you say, let's say two or three of those might be? Yeah, there's a few. One is having passion will ruin your life. Passion will absolutely ruin your life. If you look up the definition of passion, it is an uncontrollable emotion. You never want an uncontrollable emotion running a business. So a lot of people have this passion and they think the passion will build a business for them. No, you have to have business acumen. You have to have a strategy. You have to have a plan. You have to have some capital and you have to have all of those components. So you have to be careful that you don't let your passion, right, paralyze you. I always say, this is not my passion. I like doing this a lot. I like doing this a lot, but my passion is my five-year-old. My passion is seven-course tasting menus. My passion is travel. My passion is theater and art. And so I do this so I have all of the time and money freedom to do that. So I think one thing is, is not letting your passion get the best of you. Another thing is most solopreneurs get ready to start to plan, to get ready, to get going, to start to plan, to almost be ready to start to get going. (laughs) And right. And they need it perfect and well done and laid out. Uh, I can't tell you how many, and this is an old cheesy analogy, but it works. It's that thing of like, I'm going to, I've got to get to the gym. I'm going to join the gym. And I'm as soon as I lose 15 pounds, I'm joining, I'm getting a gym membership. And it's like, you're still fat because you're waiting to get ready to get ready to do something that will actually help you. And so many business owners, I have done this so poorly. I have done this so messy. I have done this so, you know, years ago, I remember riding the train from New Jersey into Manhattan, still in my job while building this business. And I wrote, Suzanne, if you're willing to make an ass of yourself, this is all going to work out. Hmm. And so I wake up every day and people go, "What, what motivates you? I'm like, that I can look like a fool and figure this out. And I think most people are more worried about what people think than actually getting the result. And then I think the other thing that people do is they just don't have a business that's a monetizable business. They get this idea and they don't have the, the structure and the support and the coaching or the consulting to for it to actually be monetizable. So they'll spend 
three or four years spinning their wheels on this thing that they're very passionate about, but there's no business foundation to make it profitable. And if they just, you know, worked with someone who is, that's their expertise, they could have said, I know you love doing this, but if you just tweak this for it to be this, this is a need in the market, right? This is an urgent need in the market. So that's a few, I could give you a lot, but that's a, that's a few mistakes I see being made. No, no, no. Those are all uh, points that I've seen in the many business owners I've come into. Many times you need that outside looking in uh, assistance from someone who's really not in the business, but can see from the outside looking in what you might be able to do to make it better. Passion is great, but you got to make sure it doesn't interfere with, I think, your concept of being driven. Uh, it yeah. sounds like being driven and having passion are quite two different things, particularly when you have a bus- when you're running a business. And uh, I love that you got to get started somehow. Don't wait for it to be perfect. I've said that all along that you cannot possibly have 100% of the information before taking that gigantic leap forward. You got to take that leap and then kind of morph along the way. That is so yeah. good. Tell me a little bit more. We're running out of time here, but I want to make sure we touch on your book, which is the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Is there any way you can summarize that in a couple, three sentences? I mean, it sounds profound, but give us a couple of examples of how that works. It's, you know, nothing in your life is different. So how you're showing up in your marriage is how you're showing up in your business. How you're showing up in your finances is probably how you're showing up in your health. So if you want to fix one thing, you have to fix everything. And that sounds really daunting. But if you want to fix everything, just start by fixing one thing. And that is success. And it's the very nature of success that when you fix one thing, when you achieve one thing, when you excel in one area, it bleeds into every other area. And so the way you do anything is the way you do everything. That's so profound because you're right. If you're like, if you're unorganized, you have a sloppy desk, you fix your desk at work, chances are you're going to fix your desk at home or you're going to clean the counters at home. So that all just makes so, so much sense. Well, Suzanne, I wish we had another four hours and 40 minutes because you said you could take five (laughs) hours of my time, right? But what is there any one or two items that we didn't cover in the Q&A? We're going to have you back because there's so much more we could talk about. Thank you. But what is there that we might have left out for a critical message you want to leave our audience with today? Oh, I would just say a little bit of the theme of what we've already said, which is get going. You know, I've been having this this funny year where I'm 47 and I realize I'm old. Um, and I don't mean that in like a negative way. I'm like, oh, damn, I never intended to be this old, which is a great line from the musical Chicago. Um, but you start thinking about like, this is a quick trip, right? This is a quick trip. And if it's business, um, you know, and you know, you have something to offer the world, you have a problem you want to solve, you have a business that you want to grow. I would rather you start it really poorly and give it a shot than spend years wondering if it's a good idea. That makes that makes excellent sense. By the way, just to make you feel better, Warren Buffett is 40 years older than you. So you have a long way to go, my dear. So I do. Keep, on, <laughs> keep on driving. Okay. You'll get there. So I, I too have amount of time to reach Warren Buffett's age. And I still look forward to being him being driven at his age, just like you're That's being right. in the business. Thanks so much, Suzanne, for your time. Last but not least, where can we go to find out more about you and driven and anything else related to you? 
Absolutely. We're at Driven Inc. INC. I always say it's like incorporated. We don't do tattoos. It's not INK. So driveninc.com and you can find out anything there as well as our event. We have an event coming up in November that you can go to drivenspecialoffer.com and see how to join us for three days at um, our event called Take the Stage. We'd love to have you. That'd be great. Thanks so much, Suzanne. I appreciate it. And thank you, audience, again, for listening for another edition of Building Better Businesses. There's plenty more in the historical section. There's more coming up. And I'll bet you we'll have Suzanne back again because we only got four hours and 30 minutes of her five-minute spiel. Thanks so much, Suzanne. Take care. Thank you. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business.